You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. baby it's monday baby oh yes monday and we get jiggy with it right <laughs> <laughs> oh man philly willy yeah oh, that, that. <laughs> little philly attitude huh Barrett? bro At the Oscars I mean, academy award last night uh you know what philly could not have been any prouder man i i i, I wasn't good with it because you know it felt like he just picked on a a little defenseless dude. I, I, I could see what if it was one of us up there and I cracked the joke. He could have shot it from a distance, but you weren't going to put your hands on me, bro. We would have <laughs> threw him out of the Dolby Theater. No question, bro. No okay. question. He would have been, it would have been some troubles, man. But dude, when I watched that thing live, I was like, what the F? WTF? What did I just <laughs> see? And all of a sudden, just Twitter blew up. And I was with Xander. I first thought it was a setup, and I first thought it was part of the script. But then when I heard Will going, keep my wife's name out of your mother mouth, and he did it twice. Yes, yes. And if you watch the Japanese version, okay, I posted it on my Twitter. They were going live the whole way. So if you go over to my Twitter, she's doing a commentary. And you see them going back and forth. There's a dialogue. Barrett, I mean, it, it. you see how serious the whole thing got real quick. And he went, all right. And I give it to, I give it to Chris Rock, man. Chris Rock was professional. He went on with it. Then he moved off. Then they asked him right after, do you want to, the, uh, I guess LAPD came to him and said, you know, do do you, do you want to press charges? And Chris Rock was like, no, no, no. I don't want to do any of that. But you know what, Barrett? I'm shocked that more people haven't gotten their asses kicked like that with, with all this. And here, look at this viewership. <laughs> look, hey, best thing ever happened to the Academy Award was Will Smith and Chris Rock. Look no at that question. thing. That was unbelievable. 17 man. million viewers. Wow. You, you I mean, that's just life, context. man. That's life. I mean, it's, it's like I wasn't watching it. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't watching it. I was, uh, I forget what I was watching. Uh, I was watching this new series or something about the, um, this, you know, um, 
it, it was about you know being quarantined and all. I was watching this series, and all of a sudden, uh, my wife says something about. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not watching the Oscars. No. Well, evidently, this 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 happened. I'm like, so what? I don't care. So I mean, after about 20 minutes of just you know just pounding me and talking to me about, it, I finally said no mas, and 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 I let her change the channel, man. But I was like tripping though. I'm like, why would he do that, man? Chris Rock ain't he ain't but you know. A buck, what? A buck fifty soaking wet? He's a little dude. I've met him. Right. I mean, he's a little bitty dude, man. Little bitty dude. But hey, you can't just talk about somebody wild like that, man. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. I and and you know what? I agree with that 100 percent especially when she's got a condition. My wife's got that condition. She's losing her hair, so she goes for treatment. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a woman's biggest thing and how they look is their hair. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of there's no way that he didn't. After he laughed, too, because he laughed, and then he saw how pissed off she was, and then he went up on stage and smacked the shit out of him. By the right. way, to Xander's <laughs> point, um, last year was the lowest ratings in the history of the Academy Award. They had 10 million people watch it. This year, Xander said that it was on pace to be even lower, like 9-6 until something happened like that. But that's the thing with the I watch this thing every year because – I look at people that are so out of touch with society, and I go mm-hmm. like this. See, so you know, right here, and I goof on them. Every year I goof on them because they're so out of touch. Well, guess what happened? That was the best form of reality television that could ever happen to that thing because you know why? Barrett, how many times when somebody wrote shit on you or your team did you want to smack the shit out of somebody? Somebody came unglued, and how about when Bayless rips Russell Westbrook and calls him Westbrick and all the people? How about when people were calling uh, Ben Simmons names? Right, exactly. You know how many times you want to beat up a a, a sports writer? You know, this guy just came unglued. So I got where Will came from, but I also said, man, you got to keep your shit. You got to keep your poise. You can't can't do that, man. You just can't, man. I mean – at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're jokes, yes. And, I mean, I got into a many, especially, you know, early in my career, like my first two years in the league. You know, being in Philly, man, you got to have tough skin in Philly, man. People think they just say whatever they want to say. I can remember one time, man, dude just mouthed it off. And I said, hey, man, hey, man, you got one more time to write, say, even think <laughs> something about me again, man. It's going to be me and you, man. You know what I'm saying? I understand you're doing your job, bro, but you just can't be saying – what you're saying has nothing to do with the game. You know what I'm saying? What you're saying has nothing to do with how I'm playing. You know what I mean? I'm like, come on, man. You just you, you just saying my name because I'm the youngest guy out there because I'm the rookie and you scared to say you say something to Richard Cooper or you scared to say something to to you know Lester Holmes. I said, I'm gonna let you I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you know something about this, man. Just because I'm quiet, don't think don't <laughs> think that I'm, I'm a nice guy, bro. Well, so I what you more worried about? I will beat your ass, man. Keep hey. on, man. You can't say that. Let me say, let me let me reiterate this and let me say it so it's in plain English. Man, I will F you up. <laughs> Stop playing with me, man. You can't call me my name. Don't say nothing about it, man. Don't say my name. Now wait, you know Barrett. Saying? Barrett, now wait. You told me the other day that somebody was talking shit to you on Twitter because you made a comment and you got you got a little upset now. If that yeah, dude did. was in your grill. You may have lifted that. You may not have hit him, but you may have lifted him off the earth a little bit and put him back down. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. If you can say it in my face, 
then I ain't got a problem with you because I know you're you you're, you're willing to reap the repercussions of the action that you're 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 doing. And I got more respect for you taking this ass whooping, or you might even whoop my ass. I mean, God, bro, let me tell you a story, man. I mean, I don't think that I can whoop everybody, but I'm pretty good at what I do. I can put hands on people. One time, dog, I was in college. It was my senior no, yeah, it was my senior year, and um. We out at this bar, and I'm with my frat brothers. You know, we're out, you know, acting a fool or whatnot. You know, and I was drunk, man. I was drunk as a skunk, and I, you know, we, you know, we, we step. You know, what I'm saying, I'm stepping, and you know, you're kicking it. And all of a sudden, I bumped at this dude, and the dude turned around, and looked at me, and I told him, I said, "Hey, man, get out the way, bro." You know, he's tripping. And I said, "Man, bro, I will crush you, man. I will f you up." He said, "No, you won't." I looked, and I said, "No, I won't." I looked at him. <laughs> What'd you just say? He said, "No, I, no, you won't." I said, "You know what?" You're absolutely right. And I went on about my business. 45 minutes later, man, I go sit down at the bar, right? And he comes to sit down next to me. And I looked at him. He said, man, I'm so glad you didn't um, you didn't do that. I said, why you say that, man? Because I thought about it. I was like, you know, who are you, man? What, what? He said, man, in all actuality, man, I'm the Canadian kickboxing champion. Um, I'm down here because I'm going to school. He should never have said that. <laughs> but look, so, so then you know, he said, he said, because I could tell you were inebriated, you know, you, you, you're you drunk. So I'm, I'm sober. I was just getting there. And I know that, you know, I know because I, you know, I watch you. I'm a big fan. You know, I've seen you play. And uh, at that point, I'm at knee level. I'd kicked you in your knee, ruined your NFL career, you know, I mean, your uh, college career, everything. I'm like, look at him like, damn, that really could have happened, bro. So you just can't just take everybody who was like, all right, I can just whoop your ass. Because he could have, he could have messed me up because I was drunk. And I was acting a fool, and it was tight quarters, and he was right there at knee low. He could have ended my career, bro, before I yeah. even started. Just to your point, so my freshman year at Maryland, you know, there's a Navy base there. Mm-hmm. And all these, like, um, football guys are in this place called the Rendezvous. We're all having a good time. This guy starts picking on this one dude, this big offensive tackle. He's picking on this guy. And this guy comes up to me, goes, I'm going to hook you up on something. You might want that big guy to get off that little dude there because that little dude's in the Navy SEALs. He's SEAL Team 4. I went, what? I was like, hey, hey, Paul, you better get over here, man. This this ain't going to end well for you, man. I'm like, he goes, dude, this guy's in tactics with SEAL Team 4. You might want that guy to get off that guy because he's not very friendly either. And I went, okay. And he was this little dude like this, and I'm going like, Hey, hey, come here, man. Paul, you better come over here, man. Oh, and the whole time I'm thinking, man, this dude could have Van Damme me, man. Oh, no, no. Upside your ear with a leg kick, no doubt. All right. right. (laughs) All right, man. There's so much to get to here, man. Wait, dude, I've done so much homework here, man. All right. I'm going to show you. So the Eagles over the weekend signed Kaiser Sose. What, what is what's his name? Kaiser White from the from the Chargers. Is this yeah, right? local Kaiser? kid too? Another local kid. Hold on. Oh wow, that's great! Congratulations, yeah, man. Kid. You're really bringing all the kids home here. So Kaiser <laughs> White. Kaiser White is now a new member of the um, Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Kaiser White. Anything? Uh, any Barrett? All right. Kaiser White. Hold on. Break down who he Big is. Big bro, it would have been smoke in the air. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. And 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 and, and see that and that's 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 brother, that's my brother, man, Philip Brooks. 
Oh, that's good, man. That's my brother, man. But if it kicked me in my legs, I expect him to come. Well, I can't. I can't do that because my brother, he's not the nicest guy in the world, bro. Like I, for every, me being mean, I mean, um, me being nice all the time, he's the exact opposite of me. Like he he carries a gun to the grocery store. Oh, that's see, the type that's, of dude he is. Hey, let me. Hey, hey, hey Barrett. So like, my, my, my I was really a really great fighter. Okay, I mean. My wife enjoyed watching me. We walked into a weight room once and we're in there and I'm training this police officer and these guys go, Hey man, you you have to be part of the gym. And I said, you put your hands on me one more time, dog. You're going to find out there's issues here. Don't ever touch me. (laughs) And so they go, can you come back to the office? So my wife's up there and she's, she, she knows. And so there's five guys in this office, man. And she knows the story of me beating these five guys up and throwing one guy out a window. And so, you know, so my wife goes, this ain't going to end well for you guys. And I'm not proud of this, but I get back there, man. This guy gets up in my chest. I said, let me tell you something here, man. All five of you guys. Okay. You better. This guy put, this guy got ready. I picked him up. I threw him through a window. I picked these other guys up. I beat the shit out of these four guys. This one guy standing in front of me. I go, do you want any of this? He goes, like this. <laughs> I walk out of there. This Pinellas cop goes like this. That's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. You just beat <laughs> five guys up. All of the gym guys, you just beat them up. And my wife goes, you beat them up in five minutes. And I'm going, like, I'm walking out going, yeah, man. Thank God I had a cop with me because – these guys, I beat them up pretty good too. <laughs> Bro, I, like I say, I don't, I don't, I don't play around. I don't, I don't, I don't see. I don't. I'm not that guy anymore, man. I'm not that guy anymore. And I, I know I you ain't people. either, man. I don't, I don't, because I, I, I know, I know better, man. I know better, man. Just I like, know, man. Like my brother Philip. Let me tell you about Phil, man. All when I was growing up, bro, he was a little skinny dude, man. And all he had more mouth than anybody that I know. He was skinny, <laughs> always with the big. I spent more time fighting over him. Then I did fighting myself. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting other dudes because of him all the time. And, and I'm going to tell you what, Miss Brooks, she didn't play that. Oh, oh, okay, who you scared of? You more scared of me or are you scared of them? Because my brother would always be mouthing off, and all of a sudden I got to write, I got to go out there and cast the check he just wrote, you know, all the time. <laughs> now it's different. Now I call him. Oh, look, man, chill, man. Please chill out, man. man I love call family. Me. I, I, your family's just like my family, man. <laughs> right, right, right. They don't play, man. My, my aunt was watching right now. She's probably like, "Don't tell the fighting stories, please. Don't <laughs> tell the fighting stories. I don't want, please. I don't want anyone to know that. And look at you in a bad light that you used to beat. I, I never started shit, though. I no, never. I wasn't I never, that guy. No. I wasn't a guy who started it, but I'd finish it for you. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm hey, dude, I'm, a, I'm, hey, I'm my my girl. She was my girlfriend at the time. I got this guy up like this, man. We're walking out of this place. He, him, and his boys were acting so bad. My wife's girlfriend, she's screaming at this guy. Whatever you do, don't let go of him. Whatever you do, I had him off the ground too. Don't let go. Sure enough, <laughs> man, he let go. I threw him ten feet. My wife goes <laughs> like this. The only thing that hit was the back of that guy's head, man. You threw him about ten feet. And, man, I'm like, I got to stop doing this. So now my daughter looks at me. She goes, Dad, you're fat. You can't jump over a ruler, man. I can't. Mom <laughs> tells me all these stories. It's it's like it's, it's like gothic stories now. Let me get back to Kaiser Sose here. Do you know anything about this guy? Um, 
You know what? I I I I called the game. Okay, if you say no, because kind no, of no, no. What I'm saying is, I called the game. I called the um West Virginia. Was it West Virginia? It might have been West Virginia. Um, it might have been like I think it might have been West Virginia Maryland. In fact, it was West Virginia Maryland a couple years ago, and I, I watched him play a little bit, and I thought he was good. I thought he had an opportunity to be in the league. You know what I'm saying? He could run sideline to sideline, but I just thought he was a little undersized. You know what I'm saying? I thought he was going to be one of those tweener type of guys. And, um, I mean, he he was intense, but I didn't think that he would be – I thought he'd be a special teams guy. But I guess he turned the corner, man. I mean, he – 144 tackles. That's 90 great. 90 solo tackles. What? You know what I'm saying? 90 solo tackles. That's yeah. fantastic. But right. on the defense, they couldn't stop anybody. Right. But, see, I also think like this. There's a difference between tackling and impact tackles. And I tell people all the time, impact tackles are tackles behind the line of scrimmage or tackles for loss, or they're three yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Anytime three and a half, four, I don't believe they're impact tackles. You know, Bobby Wagner, Wags, he 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 always, you know, led the league in impact tackles just about every year because he was always making, you know, those, those pre-snap reads, getting, you know, um, tackles behind the line of scrimmage or, you know, just as they cross the line of scrimmage. Those are the tackles you want your linebackers to get. He's right on the cusp of being, you know, one of those guys that, all right, you can, you can, he can guess right. Um, he's he's quick and he's aggressive. He's a little on the light side. If you get your hands on him, he's blocked. But nine times out of ten, he does his homework, man. He could be a really good player for the Eagles. See, I, I look at it like this too. Who are the guys in front of him? I mean, yeah, if he's yeah. making if he's making tackles a little behind the line of scrimmage and he's getting people in his chest, that could also be a product of the triangle. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. Baird? I mean, the, the the triangle could be weak. And if the triangle is weak, that's one of the reasons why the Chargers had issues stopping the run. That's what their problem was. They're good on the perimeter, on getting up the field and getting to the quarterback with Bose and them dudes. But they're the heart of their defense. Okay, they really haven't had a dominant defensive tackle with the Chargers since Jamal Williams was there back in the day when he was playing for them. Um, mm-hmm. They just haven't had a really good interior defensive tackle in a long time. They're very hard to find. That's why the resigning of Fletcher Cox was so important and a priority, I think, for the Eagles to make sure that you keep the middle of that defense stout. Yep. Um, yep. The, they may not get – It's funny to be what, what um, you know, the triangle is. Because a lot of people don't – I understand it. Because, it's, you know, it's just how a linebacker reads through the triangle with those two defensive linemen in front of him and how they have to protect him, keep him from, you know, getting touched. Yeah, and, and, and Barrett, so to me, you know, maybe not getting the production that we've seen in years out of, and I thought about this over the week and why it's important to get Fletcher back in the building, was that you may not get the eight sacks any longer, but the one thing that he's going to do, he's a giant body in the million, I'm in the middle, and at 14 million bucks, you're talking about under under market value. You got yes. him now under 17 million, which is that's the that's the market value for a premier defensive tackle that's going to get a franchise tag at 17 too. You get him at 14, a still a productive guy. He keeps the middle of that defense stout, and he helps your backers out scrape lanes, going to, you know from sideline to sideline. He helps that. And another year in the system, it was important. So if you're telling me that this guy, if he's got a clean scrape lane 
and going sideline to sideline, and he's got two guys in front of him that could keep those guards and centers off of him, he could be a productive guy. My question will be, is he a tackler? Is he a hitter? Yes. Is he a run stopper? Or is he a gatherer? Because sometimes you see those stats. I always said this about Luke Keekley. I like the way he played because he could stop, he could gather, and he could chase, but he always did a great job at minus tackles. Mm-hmm. You know, one-yard gains, no-yard gains. He could run people down. Kickley was very, very, very good at so many versatile things, and he could cover tight ends out of the backfield. That's what made him, in my opinion, a Hall of Fame linebacker. He's going to the Hall of Fame, and he's going to be one of those kind of guys. So we'll see. Um, to me, if you're telling me that a guard gets up in his chest, he has problems uh, disengaging Yeah, because yeah. you've got – you, you've got to do a great job of being able to get off these guys because a guy like Barrett gets into you, he's going to bear hug you. And he's just going to swallow you up. And if you can't see him, that, that's why this kid, Denzel Perriman, that played at Miami, Barrett, I have never seen a kid so small in my life. He's like Sam Mills, man. <laughs> he's like 5'10". I'm not kidding you. 5'9", maybe. And he makes 160 tackles because he knows how to evade the guys, go in the hole and move around and make big plays. If that's what this kid is, okay. But to me, I look at the sign and I say this, okay, uninspired again, solid player. You're adding good players. I want and they got it for a one-year deal, another one-year deal. That's what how another prove it deal. Yep, one-year prove it deal. That's what he's got. He's got. He signs a lot. That's what he gets the most. Of his, he missed. He maximizes the potential of one-year um, guys because they're playing for another contract. Keeps them hungry. Number one. Number two. Gets them underneath the cap and where they're supposed to be. But you know he's loyal to a fault because if, if, if they come in and show that they belong there, he nine times out of ten he signs them back. I'm trying. This is why players aren't coming to Philly. Well, Nobody he, wants to sign a prove it deal. Right, right, right. Because you know why? Other places are not going to do that. Well, look at Nelson. I don't, I'm surprised they haven't signed Nelson back because Nelson proved that, you know, he's the least, you know, he's he's a guy that he comes in, he he at least is somebody you don't have to worry about. Nine times out of ten, he's going to be there to make a play. You know what I'm saying? So I'm surprised they didn't, um, they didn't sign him to a long-term deal. Nicholas says Kaiser White used to be a safety. And it could be our cover guy next to our tackle machine and TJ. Thank you very much, Nichols. I appreciate it. Okay. Again, I mean, sorry, but when I have to look him up on Wikipedia on who he is, I mean. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a West Coast team too, man. You got to understand it also. You okay. Know. I, well, here. Well, you'll be able to understand this when I read this to you because you tell me then when I, when I give you these numbers here. Last week I gave you the greatness of Devontae Smith – Quez Watkins, Zach Pascal. You still got to look their names up. <laughs> yeah, Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders. This is your offensive firepower outside the quarterback. Now I'm going to add something to this. Here's the money that's being spent on this Eagles 2022 firepower. Devontae Smith, $4.5 million. Quez Watkins, $937,000. Zach Paschal, 
Dallas Goddard, 3.7. And Miles Sanders, 1.7. Dude, this guy likes shopping at the uh, dollar store here. That's <laughs> got to be the cheapest offensive um, attack in the entire NFL. That's um, that's that's not even five below. <laughs> Bro, think of this here. I mean, look. Okay, there's five million, seven million. There's ten million. This guy's got twelve million dollars as an average, wrapped up in five guys, five starters, five starters with, that you're with a two hundred ten with a two hundred ten million dollar cap. So that's yeah. only that's below that's below fifteen million for a cap that is $215 million. I got one better for you. Million. Guess how much Gardner Minshew is going to make this year? How much? 2.5 million bucks. <laughs> Do you know how much Jalen Hurts is going to make? 1.6. Wow. And so your backup makes more than your starter. Well, you got $12 million wrapped up in five guys on your offensive firepower, and you're telling me that you're getting better with that. Seals, look at this. The average backup quarterback in the league is like $7 million. So they're undersold on that one. The average quarterback, the starter in the league, is right around what? What, $20 million? For what? For a starting quarterback in the league right now. 29.7. We'll see that. <laughs> That's what the franchise ta- – that is for franchise tags. Here's the numbers, okay? Wide receivers, 18.4, okay? Quarterbacks, 29.7. Running backs, 8.9. Tight ends, 13.2. There's not a guy in this Eagles attack that's in the top 50. How are you telling me you're helping Jalen Hurts out again? Help me out here on that. When you've got bargain basement guys running your offense and firepower this year. How he can how he talks a big game, dude. I mean, the the, the number one guy in your offensive huddle right now. Is Devontae Smith who had 68 catches. Where again is Jalen Hurts getting this so-called help? Because he's got another year? You are not all in on this kid. Nope. Because you get this. So DK Metcalf and AJ Brown are on the trading block. Where, where, where are the Eagles in that? And Parker. And Devontae Parker. Where, where, where are they with this? I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm tired of. I, you know, I don't even go to sources anymore to see if they're trying to sign somebody because they just go against the norm. You, you're talking about a guy in, in 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 DK Metcalf who's perfect for the system. That's your guy because he's perfect for what they try to do. A guy that's going to block, a guy that can run nine routes and have the big body that you don't have to. He can be very forgiving in how he places the ball when you got a DK Metcalf because he has a bigger catch radius. So if you talk about a guy not having a lot of accuracy – you need a guy like DK Metcalf to go up and get it. And that's what he provides. That size, that strength, and that huge catch radius with the speed and also blocking ability. Perfect guy for them to do. And if you got to go spend a little bit for him, go spend a little bit for him. I'd give up a first rounder for DK Metcalf. 
He'd be worth it because from this point going forward, then you look at a guy like um, Devontae Parker. He's still on a he's still on a deal. They don't have to pay as much. Still young, um, and you know he could come in and fit in the system also. He's not as big, but he has some good size to him. But I mean, we just don't have any dynamic receivers in the fold that you can say, all right, I know I can go to this guy anytime I need you. Like Irvin Fryer. Irvin Fryer was like the perfect guy that we had for a young for the quarterbacks that we have, because we had Rodney P, you know, guys like that. And we need to get a first down. We can always go to Irvin Fryer to get it. Because size, his build, strength, hands, he gave you everything you wanted in a quality number one receiver. I don't see that with the Eagles. They don't have that quality number one. They don't have quality at all. <laughs> I ain't going to take it that far, Seal. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, here's quality. Okay, it's quality. It's quality. It's not spectacular. There's nobody on that offense that's spectacular. There's nobody on that offense. I go, I got a game plan, that guy. There's right. nothing. Right. On that offense. And by the way, people are going, oh, well, the money's on deep. Wait a minute. I'm talking about getting Jalen Hurts better here. I'm not talking about the defensive side of the ball with the money. I'm talking about getting the kid better. If you're all, by the way, you want to hear what I heard? Shannon Sharp said the Eagles were in. Said it this morning on Undisputed that he heard the Eagles were in on Deshaun Watson. Out of his mouth. I, t- I told you were in on it. Just, I told you I, my source told me that. I told just you, you I know, know they were in for it because how he wouldn't have been a good GM if he if he wasn't. How do you go out there and say you're trying to make your team better without being the best quarterback on the market at that time and not being in that type of sweepstake? Okay, Barrett, who's the best player out of this group here? Smith, Watkins, Zach, Pascal, Goddard, Sanders. Man, who's your best? Who, okay, not Second counting year. the O-line with the Mulata and the Lane Johnsons and all them and Kelsey's. Because those are your best players in your huddle. Okay? They're in your O-line. Your O-line are your best players. You're, they're not your skilled guys. There's not one skilled – watch this. Where would, you, where would I rank Devontae Smith as wide receivers in the NFL? Would he be top 20? Um, maybe. Smith? We got, I mean, I'm going to tell you the truth right now, right? I'm talking right now. Devontae Smith would be a quality number two. I don't know if he's ready yet to be a number one receiver. We're, we're saying he's a number one because we drafted him like he's a number one. Oh, we're guessing he's number one. Right. So if you're looking at a number one receiver, he'd be a quality number two at this point right now when you look at it. Not saying he can't be a number one. But we're talking about a guy that you can consistently go to, like I said, an over and Ferrari type of player. A guy that you can consistently throw the ball to, you know he's going to get the first. See, I, 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 we don't have that right now. Well, the Dolphins didn't think he was the premier guy at Alabama because Waddle went. And by the way, am I right, Xander? I know you keep an eye on all your freaky Alabama guys. This guy had 104 catches with Tua and who else throwing him the ball? Jacoby Brissett? Hang on here. Jacoby Brissett and Tua, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Jacoby Brissett in Miami last year. Yep. So Jacoby Brissett and, and, and Tua 
Got 104 catches for Waddle and 1,000 yards. And a team that started the season out like 0-8. He had 104 catches. And Devontae had 68. Dude, you put Waddle with Burrow in Cincinnati, he has 150 catches with a quality <laughs> quarterback. Am I and right it, when I say that? Xander, right? Waddle had 104 catches, I think, last yep. year with the Dolphins. But, you know, he – Wow. Look at this, though. But he was second – he was in the second or third in passing efficiency simply because all his passes were 10 yards and below. But I'll tell you what. You know who led the league in, in t- catches of 10 yards and below? Yeah, it had to be your boy. Uh, Hurts. No, no. Who'd be Brady? surprised? No. Brady. Who? No. Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes. Wow. But it's the mother of invention. You know, you have to go out there and you have to invent a way to move the offense. You're going to line your safeties up 17 to 20 yards deep, or you get the ball in Tyreek Hill's hands earlier. So you get him around the line of scrimmage on slants or even just, you know, tossing it out to him and let him work. So that's what you, if you, if, if that's the type of offense you have to run, you adjust to it. So you get the ball to him earlier. That way you have all that cushion in between the safety and and uh, and the linebackers. He can work inside of there. So, you know, that's what you do. You have to invent a new way to go out there and 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 move the ball, move the chair. That's why I'm not worried about Jalen Hurts and his ability to throw the ball because you're going to find a way him to get the ball out of his hands depending on how the defense is covered. Okay, so you're going to turn your offense into an offense where you're going to tell him where to throw the ball instead of him knowing where to throw the ball. We're running a college offense then. Yes. That's <laughs> what we're, we're not running a pro-style offense with that philosophy then, Barrett. We're going to find him, the open guy, is not the quarterback coming to the line of scrimmage on a pre-snap read knowing where to go with it already. But still, We've got to have a guy that's going to – be look over at the sidelines being told like no, he was at- not necessarily that, but you got to look at this is not going to be a conventional NFL offense in the first place. Well, to these standards, now this offense when I was in the league, 1995, would have been perfect because you're going to run the ball consistently, run the rock consistently, gives you an opportunity to open up the passing game, and you can use the passing game. With, with with run fakes, not just because of run fakes, you know, brings the linebackers up, but more so, you know, it's not the fake, but it's the protection that comes with it because it's a solid protection. You keep the tight ends and everybody in and send them receivers down the field. That's where that's the only way you can do it, man. That's the only way that I feel they'll have success with this offense. If you look at – they're going to have a whole different offense, Miami, with the, that new um, head coach and the, you know, how he's going to – run the offense because he understands how to use a Debo Samuels, how to use the kitchens. He understands how to get those guys and maximize the talent that he has inside of the um, offensive uh, meeting room. And we have to do the same thing. I don't know if you necessarily have to say, all right, cut the field in half for Jalen. So one half the field, you read that half until you can you know, read the entire field. But we have to make sure that we customize this offense. And I'm sure Nick Sirianni, can do it because he showed the ability to do it halfway through the season, which allowed them to uh, get into the playoffs. Um, last year, Jalen Waller had 104 for 1,015 and six touchdowns with Jacoby Brissett 
and Tua Tagovailoa throwing him the ball. And they won nine ball games also this past season. How many? And, and your boy won, had sixty eight catches for under nine hundred and seventy yards. I mean, dog. I mean, I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to find a way in which we can. You could you could maximize the receivers that you have right now because it doesn't look like we're going to have anything better than what we have right now. Man, how did I, I looked it? I had to look it up. One hundred four in his rookie year. Now I know why Jalen Waddle was ranked higher coming out of college than what Devontae Smith was. He was. He's a better player. And it's <laughs> get this with with as good a quarterbacks. I mean, I don't know Tua. Jalen, they could be the same. Or maybe Nick Saban was right. Two at least can find double coverage. He can find like a third receiver. Maybe he's a better reader because, dog, you just don't fall into four, four, um, 104 catches. Right. Somebody's got to know how to read a defense. All right, I want to take a timeout. Also, Barrett, there was the apology from Deshaun Watson. I want to get into that about the stupid-ass Cleveland media as well. Oh, by the way. some news around the National Football League. Two going forward here. Again, you tell me, and folks, that's the topic of the morning here. You really think that Howie's helping Jalen Hurts out? He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Dan Cilio. This is the middle back in three. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. 
First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. It's the middle. Barrett Brooks, Dan Stilio. Please hit the like button, guys. Thank you so much for coming aboard here. Summer, summertime. I don't know. We, we should just have all Will Smith music, man. Just have all Will Smith music. I actually like summertime, man. Bro, that's 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 still the, the number one jam in the summer, man. You know, when you get I your car that. washed, dog. That's what you that's what you play when you get when your car washing your car and getting ready to go out there and make some moves, man. Hit you a couple of day parties, man. That's like the big thing now, going to day parties, especially over in Philly. You go to a day party, they got these places like a pool. And you go over there, have a couple of drinks, walk around the pool. You know what I'm saying? Check everything out. You know, that's like you the. Tell me, it was called the Flats. Well, the Flats is in uh, that's that's in Cleveland. That's that's I mean, that's also the spot down there. That's but, where all the, the, the bluff or something or someplace Jerome used to tell me in Philly it was like a park that people go to and they. Oh, that's out. no, that's that's uh the plateau. Plateau. The plateau. Yeah, you go to the plateau. That's uh, I mean, you you may see guys riding around on horses. All the guys on their bikes. You know, you ride your bike. That's why I, you know jump on my bike, go down there. Roll around there, check everything out, man. The plateau is it used to be the spot, man, until they started shooting up everything, man. Now it's the wild, wild west here in Philadelphia, bro. I'm gonna read you a love story here. <laughs> I'm gonna read you a love story here, Bert. Jonathan Taylor to Carson once. <laughs> I'm definitely sad to see you go, brother. This was posted on Twitter. Now, I'm embellishing, of course, a tad, but he was amazing in the locker room and on the field. If you look at some of the plays he made on the field, but off the field, he was an amazing guy always. He made sure to get in contact with everyone on the team. We have to wait and see. I'm not sure what direction we'll go, but Chris Ballard, we fully trust in. He makes move methodically, and I'm sure he'll make the right decision for our team. But I'm sad to see Carson go. Guy gained 1,800 yards. Of course. You don't want him to leave. He gained 1,800 yards, man. I'll tell you what. I bet he does better this year. And he's backing Carson Wentz. But look at this, though. He'll be better this year than he uh, was last year. Now you have to defend the pass. With that, uh, with the offense now, you have to defend the pass now. You know, Matty Ice is going to toss it around a little bit. Oh, I do the think they're better. Oh, I think they're yeah. better too. But so Darius Leonard and Jonathan Taylor came to Carson Wentz's defense as a leader. And so the Philly narrative by the media versus these players in the locker room, Barrett, who do you believe? I believe there's 5,100 uh, other guys who really know Carson. Those two were leaders in their own right. Their production wasn't really based off, especially on the, on the defensive side of the ball. When you look at, you know, what they saw in him, you know, they had to be the, they had to be the guys, you know, that, that step up and, you know what I'm saying, come to his defense. But I bet it'll be a better, it's going to be a better locker room now that he's gone with the guy they have in there right now. A way better offense. 
And with a better offense, gives the defense more time to rest. And those same two guys will be on that bandwagon, the Matty Ice bandwagon also. Watch what I, I tell I, Hey, man, I'm just a dude that asks questions here. There ain't no ass kissing. I'm just <laughs> saying I want to know and get to the truth. That's all I want to know. Like the Will Smith slap. I just want the truth. I'm hearing, I'm hearing Jonathan Taylor go. I'm very sad to see Carson Wentz go. Darius Leonard goes. Man, I can't believe we got rid of Carson. Guy was a leader. No, he wasn't that. They, oh, they were lying. That. They're lying. Wait there. a minute. Wait a minute, Barrett. They're lying there. Leader. He didn't say that. I threw leader in. There. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say no. He didn't say that. No. No, he didn't say leader. I didn't see. Uh, yeah, he. I'm mad at that. I'm kicking the tire a little bit there. All right. <laughs> well, let, me, let me ask you this then. You're saying we're not making Carson better. Well, if you look at the free agent market for wide receiver, I mean, there's nobody left. All the, no. all the good players are gone. You know, look, no. Christian Kirk signs for $72 million. Allen Robinson, 40, uh, $46 million. Uh, Valdez Scantling. He was just a dude. He had like 600 yards from Green Bay signs for $30 million. You know why he's not on the free agent market with the wide receivers? Because no free agent in his right mind would come to Philly. So he has to either do this, draft him or trade for him. Well, but I mean, he has to draft or trade. You're right. I mean, because I mean, I'm sure if you'd have offered Byron. You think Tyreek Hill ever thought of coming to Philly? No, no, no. No, I, I know. You think Allen Robinson ever thought he? Hey, by the way, so we signed Kaiser Sosa, and the Rams are working out Bobby Wagner. Bobby ain't I, coming here. Why come I can't work, work out Bobby Wagner? He don't want to come here. No, no. You know why? <laughs> well, wait a they minute. They wouldn't. They wouldn't Richard pay him to come here. Richer. Because he's gonna be. He's gonna be one. The number one linebacker free agent. He's the number one linebacker free agent right now, Allen. Okay. Might be the so, number one defensive player out right now. So that means you got to pay. You got to pay to play. Oh, because when I give you the numbers of the offense and you're spending $12 million going into the draft on five players, that's right. The money has to come into it because Wagner's going to command a good penny. And that's why we signed Kaiser Sosa's and the Rams look at Bobby <laughs> Wagner, who they'll probably end up signing a 60 million guaranteed four-year deal. I mean, I don't know how the Rams continue to do this, and we're nickel and dime in the roster. Well, you don't we're you nickel don't. and hey, look. And I don't understand that because you did nickel and dime the roster when it came to the when they won the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, you but Barry, got- these prove it deals have to go. Well, that's that's his thing, man. Here, Barrett. I'm going to give you, Barrett, an opportunity to come in here and play in Philadelphia, and I'm going to sign you to a $5 million uh, a year deal here. I'm going to give you a one-year deal. All of a sudden, Denver comes, and they parachute in and go, I don't know. I'll give you a three-year contract, and I'll pay you $7 million, and I'll give you a $8 million signing bonus. Okay, well, I'm in Denver. Even if I wanted to play in Philly. Well, let me ask you this then. I'm going to chase the dough. You gonna, you're always going to do that. But do you see a guy like, you know, T.Y. Hilton coming in? You know, he is a um, – T.Y. I, I know Hilton. I'm just saying he's, he's, he's a Colts guy. I love you, Barrett. He's a Colts guy. And you don't think Nick Sirianni doesn't have a – you know, since he has a tie to him, 
that he won't come in and play on a one-year deal? Because I know when I get Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry wants like 20 mil a year. That's what Jar- Jarvis thinks that, you know, he's he's one of those upper, you know, echelon guys. You know too. what? Jarvis Landry may want that, but he also wants 100 catches, and that ain't going to be in Philly. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, you know what I would do if I was Jarvis Landry? I'd take less money and go back to Cleveland on a one-year deal. I know that's right. And play with Deshaun and get my numbers up and go, see, look, when we had a decent quarterback instead of that bum Baker Mayfield, um, guess what? Look what I show you, man. Even in the games, you can extrapolate it out and go like this. Hey, in the eight games he played or ten games, whatever it's going to be, the NFL has to think that they're going to do something. I hope they don't do anything to the guy. And um, he goes in there, look, I caught seven passes. Over ten games, I had 70 catches with the kid. I mean, now you go on the open market, you get $15 million if you're Jarvis Landry. Makes no sense, man. I mean, dude. So what they're going to do is they're clearly going into the draft, going to get it wide. This shows me right here with no movement on free agency, Barrett. None of the big-name guys ever thought of coming here. They did try to go after Calvin Ridley, but remember something with Ridley. Ridley had been out the year previous on a Ben Simmons. So he had a dent in the fender. It was on the cheap they were going to get him because they were trying to unload the guy. Yep. So it wasn't a guy that was super productive, and he also had issues. I'm all right with getting guys on deals. Randy Moss, Patriots got Randy Moss for, you know, they got him for, you know, two buckets and a pail of beans yep. when they made that trade to bring him up there. I think they gave him a six-rounder and a third-rounder or something for him, and that's how they got Moss to go to New England, and all of a sudden he catches 20 touchdowns, everybody knew. So there was something there, and I get that. And I'm all right with that. But, dude, you can't tell me you're helping Jalen Hurts win. You're spending $12 million in your offense going into the draft, and then you're going to get a rookie and hope that rookie becomes part of the offense when last year's rookie, he was average. 68 catches, 900 yards is average. And a matter of fact, in today's 17-game NFL I mean, I'm not going to give you kudos for doing something you should be doing anyway if you're considered the one. Well, he had – um, but you, you got to look at it from this aspect also. We, we talked about, you know, what they were doing in Miami. Now, you give you give them 20 more catches, and they tried to go to him like they went to him the last, you know, last game. Then he is right around 1,000 thousand yards, you know, 100 and some, you know, catches. I mean, that's – that's a little above average. He, I mean, he can have over a thousand yards even if he, if they, if they had this offensive mindset earlier than what. Yeah, they but, had. but but Barrett, if the Eagles throw the ball thirty-eight times, they lose. Yeah, they lose. They're they're in a they're, see they're one dimension. This is why this offense with this, it's one dimensional. Okay, you're right. Somebody mentioned it. Miami had more passing attempts. Well, why is that? Well, because two is more accurate. And so when he's more accurate, they got a decent running game. They were more balanced in their attack. The Eagles have no balance. They have no balance in their attack. When that kid throws for – every time, Barrett, I said this on a Friday, if the Eagles throw the ball 38 times, they'll lose. You've got to be in that 25-26 Run the ball 38 times. You've got to run the ball more than you got to throw the ball in that system. You start throwing it, 
That's why they went up to uh, the Meadowlands and shit the bet against the Giants. They started throwing the ball around, and they got caught up there. They see, couldn't get the there. red zone offense going. Any, everything went sideways on them up there. That's, but see, that's, that's, the, that's the nature of, of what their offense is. If they get away with get if they you know veer away from what they're doing, they become a bad team. But it's not saying when they run when you run the ball, it doesn't mean that you're a bad team that you run the ball. And I no. think we need to differentiate that. You can have that type of offense. And still Dude, very, the Titans were the number one seed in the AFC with that style. I'm good with you're right, Barrett. They were the number one seed in the AFC with that style. Yep. But you just have to make sure that you're good at what you do. And I mean, Hertz, I I hate to admit it, but Hertz is a good quarterback when you run that type of offense. He can throw consistently with that type of offense. He has that capability because now a lot of the pressure is off him. Like it or not, he's built like a running back. He can carry the rock like a running back, but he can also throw the ball and be at he's gonna get better in throwing the ball. I can't say it enough. He's gonna yeah, get better. Yeah, but does he have the talent around him to get better? Quest not Watkins? enough. Not, not, not enough, Dan. There's not enough. There's there's simply not enough. Right. If you really are sold on him, don't you do what the Dolphins did and go out and get a hill? No question. That's what and you do. And then get this. Chris Greer and ownership and the new head coach go like this. Just like they did in Cleveland. Though Baker Mayfield, he ain't it. We need one of them dudes. And all of a sudden. And by the way, I think the Browns are going to struggle his entire time in Cleveland because with that kind of money and you're that much against the salary cap, the chances of them being able to have a balanced attack, you're going to have like an Eagle offense in Cleveland because of the money you're spending on that quarterback where it's $50 million in guarantees and shit like that. You're, you're, you're constantly going to be renegotiating. You're hoping that the quarterback, they probably have off ramps in the contract. But they're going to be in the same place the Dallas Cowboys are in right now. There's no doubt that Howie has done a great job at being frugal. You want me to be kind? Here, I'll be kind <laughs> instead of saying that he's cheap. He's frugal. Because, look, everybody's telling me, well, look at this, man. You know how he's really done a nice job? And then you start looking at the numbers. There's not one quality guy in that offensive huddle or they'd be paid like it. Goddard is probably in the upper echelon because as an average over the extension of the contract, it's probably going to be around 13, 14 million, but his salary this year base is three, seven. Then you're looking at Smith four five chance. Like you said that he could be a good ball player. The rest of these guys, dude, Watkins, Zach Pascal, these guys are all fours and threes. Yep. Miles Sanders. Watch this fine ball player. I can find that anywhere. Yeah. How are you helping them? I mean, you're 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 telling us. See, they're gonna. This is why again, they're all aiming. This is all about the draft, in my opinion. He is putting everything and pushing everything in on the draft. And does he trade up? Does he go after the guy he wants? Dude, I'll tell you what. There's one guy in this draft that I think fits this football team. And, you know, defensive guys, screw that. I'm not even looking at that stuff now because they need to help Jalen out. We need, a, we need by the end of the 2022 season, Barrett, this quarterback conversation has to end. Right? 
Yes, there's no it way they to end. Where are they go gonna? They have no the other direction Burks. to go. Go get me the kid Burks from Arkansas. Put him in the huddle. At, or you go out and you get the kid from Ohio State, or you get that kid London from USC, yep. and you start building this football team for a true drop back quarterback. It, it, this stuff has got to end with this quarterback conversation. It's going on three years now. You're going on three years. Carson Wentz, at the end of his last year, everyone went, not happening. Last year, we did this every week, going like this. Right, people going silly, oh, you're flip-flopping. Because you know why? His performance flip-flopped. And to me, I'm not a fortune teller. I'm not one of these guys, Barrett. Well, you know, uh, you know, me here, let me do this. Oh, yeah, you know, I look in there, man. This guy's going to be a star in year four. I, I don't, I, it's not what I do, man. I look at what a guy does. And I look at his production. It was so up and down, he flip-flopped. It's got to end. Conversation with the quarterback's got to end. It's ended in Cleveland. And, hey, the Buccaneers are going to have to make this decision soon with Brady when he leaves. Well, they I bring know Mayfield that, in? I, well, I mean, going forward, you look, even the Giants are going forward with their quarterback. You know, they're, they're, they're fully supporting them. The Eagles kind of sort of went in that direction. Miami, blatant just said, look, we're just going to put somebody around him to make him a better player. And I think that's the direction the Eagles have to go also. We got to put some guys around him to make if – if we don't feel as though he's good enough, we're going to make him good enough by putting people around and make him shine better than he's shining. And there's nothing wrong with that. But they have to show some initiative and free agency to do that. Bring in some veteran guys that can come in and, and ball and not just be guys to be rah-rah guys. I don't want to just have a guy just because he has a dog mentality. I want somebody to catch, run, score touchdowns, you know, create separation on route running. We don't have that right now. You look at Devontae – the reason Devontae Smith was so good his senior year or the year when he got drafted, Sarkeesian, he just put him in so many different – um, you know, so many different uh, line. He lined him up over here. He run this route for him. He has specialized routes to get him open. I hadn't seen so much of that, you know, in in so long. I'm like, look at what they did to get this kid open. They did everything possible to get him open. They did, and his windows were wide open in the SEC. Those windows are not going to be like that in the NFL, especially with a quarterback who only knows single coverage. You become one-dimensional. And by the way, if I'm a defensive guy and I'm watching this on film and I'm looking at the entire thing, I'm doing this. Man, keep this guy inside like we said last week. How I'm going to defend him this year? Dude, I'm setting the edges and I'm making sure that guy's not breaking out into the perimeter. He's better on the run and he's better rolling to his left. Okay? When he rolls out to his left, he's really good. When he rolls to his right... He's kind of good. And so you keep him in that box back there, you give internal pressure, that guy will not find the open wide receiver. It'll be check down Charlie. Well, that means your running backs have to be more effective then on being able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Miles Sanders, I don't want to see 1,000 yards from Miles Sanders. You know what I want to see? I want to see 71 catches out of Miles Sanders because Brady uses that to his advantage. How many check down Charlies do you see Tom Brady throw every game? Brady, 
has won seven Super Bowls checking down. Yep. Seven. I mean, he's so patient. We've got to have more versatility in the backfield, not just running the ball, Barrett, but they've got – how about this? If they've got to open up the passing game a little more and suffer on the run game a little more so that they're not so predictable, that's what Sirianni's fighting. They're too predictable. Watch this. They're they're a person that's going to come to you and go, I'm going to put you in a fist fight here, and we're going to slug it out here for 60 minutes. Best man win. Well, guess what? When you get into a tug of war sometimes and you're in a fight with somebody, you don't always win. It becomes a stalemate. Well, if that part of the game is a stalemate, the other team gets 14 on you, you're done. This is not a come-from-behind football team because they don't have that capability yet. Well, if you're going to do that, See, I think I think this is where I kind of disagree with you a little bit. I think that they need to realistically build up one side of the football. And that's the defensive side. I know you want the offensive side. I want the defensive side because I've seen defenses win championships. And that's where I would put my focus on, considering the fact that I understand I want a Super Bowl because of championship defense. Ben Roethlisberger in his second year. Wasn't Big Ben then? He was. You just think that's ben. the NFL today, though, Barrett? I do because you look what won the game, uh, the Super Bowl this year. Pass rushing won it. Yeah. Not, if you look at their ranking, they're in the middle of the pack against the run, pass defense. They're not elite. They can right. get after. Right. What right. made them elite, Barrett, was that they got after you yes. with Von Miller and with Aaron, Aaron Donald. Donald. Yep. And see, when you have the style of defense that Jonathan Gannon plays, I'm all for that, what you said. Well, you can't be 31st right. in sacks <laughs> and think you're going to play like that style. And then you've got a three-and-out quarterback. Watch this. This is what you have with the Eagles against good games. If Jalen, like in the champ, like in the playoff game, man, he was three-and-out. Bucks got the ball. Boom. Three-and-out. Bucks got the ball. Field goal. You're, you're like this. Come on, man. You're down 10 nothing within the first couple minutes of the game because Todd Bowles knew this guy's one-dimensional, man. He's not going to stretch the field. They have to somehow open it up a little more so that they're too predictable, Barrett. This guy makes you too he, – he, he's making it easier for these defensive uh, coordinators to game plan him. And you know this, going into his second year, there's going to be a book on this dude. Yep. Yep. I do believe that. And as they go forward, you, you you can't do the same things you did last year. So how is Nick Sirianni in this offensive uh, game plan? Is he going to open it up a little bit? You know, will he allow Jalen more uh, you know, autonomy to, 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 to check at the line of scrimmage? You know, all those type of things. Spectacular tease. We'll hit on that. Spectacular tease. All right. He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Dan Cilio. Hour two coming up. Back in three. You have one unheard message. 
Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Welcome back to the Middle Bear, Brooks Dan Cilio. Hey, this just Dan. Jay Wright's the best basketball coach in the history of the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I knew Roly Massimino when he was coaching in Vegas. I started my broadcasting career when he got the job at UNLV. And his Nova guys all loved him. And he was the benchmark for college basketball coaches in that neck of the woods. Obviously, too, Don Chaney. Um, you throw his name in that conversation. But, dude, Jay Wright has taken that Nova program. And they're every year, either in the Sweet 16 or Final Four. I mean, he's got just as good a chance of winning the national championship this year. And look at the Blue Bloods that are in the Final Four here. Duke, Carolina, Nova. I mean, these are some th – th this is really what you want to see, these Blue Blood programs. And Jay Wright. With all the great basketball, Larry Brown, you probably put in a conversation as well with Roley Massimino and with Jay Wright, but Don Chaney too. But man, I mean, these guys here, he's taken this Nova program, even through a pandemic, they could easily win the national champion. Now they lost their big man. That's going to be a factor for them, but um, a huge factor. They, they may win the national championship because Nova's deep. Well, you look at it, man. They're going against a, you know, a, a, a pretty good um, Kansas team though. You know, another blue blood. Yep. Another. I mean, blue how about blood. this? That's the program that invented hoop. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. I mean, do you, you do you see that jersey, which is dope too? That Kansas jersey. You see the lettering on the side. You know what the lettering is on the side? I saw it, and I actually know Bill Self, and I had Bill send me one of these these jerseys when Naismith made the rules of basketball. He came down with the rules of basketball. That's what's on the side of those Kansas. Um, jerseys is all the rules that Naismith initially started with Get the, the game of of basketball. They're all on the jersey. All the wow. rules that he put in place were basketball. Naismith has them on that Kansas jersey. I mean, that's the home of Chamberlain, too. You know, Dean Smith actually played there as well. Danny Manning, obviously. Uh, the guy from Boston came out of there, too, didn't he? Pierce. 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 Paul I Pierce, who get... swears to God he's better than LeBron. Paul Pierce, uh, uh, they had, man, it, during that time, man, you know, I was playing basketball during that time, man, and just to sit there on the bench and look. You, said, you heard I said sit there on the bench and look at those guys play. <laughs> oh, that's right, K-State versus – Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Back the in the day, you had big country back hey, then. by the way, Oakland did you State. play with Bishop? No, no, Bishop was um, after me. Okay. He came in a year after I did, after I he, left. Dude, he's one of the greatest college football quarterbacks in history. Oh, he was unbelievable, man. Him and Sproles. Yeah. Him and, him and Sproles lit it up. Was Sproles there when you were there? No, he's the he, same thing two years after I, I, I left. You know, I set the foundation for him, and then they came in at eight, man. They I came love it. <laughs> because, you know, hey, when I was a young kid, I don't remember Kansas. Um, I don't remember Kansas football at all. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden, they started winning 10, 14 games, 11 games. I was like, who the what is going on there with right, this? Right. I right. mean, it came out of right am I right, Barrett? It came it just, just like out of nowhere. Bro, it's it's he um he started out his first like three years. My first the year before that, they won one game. And that was the first game they won in five five or six years. They went offers for like five or six years. Then he comes in, he leaves under he leaves from Iowa. 
you know what I'm saying? You know, big time football was in Iowa. Oh yeah. And he um he took uh he took you know probably half of his coaching staff from Iowa and uh this was a Hayden um Hayden Fry. Hayden Fry. I yeah. got recruited by him. Yeah, Hayden Fry. He took half of uh you know like the Stoops boys. He took yeah. from there. He took them all and brought them in on their coaching staff, man. And from that point on, he just recruited heavily in St. Louis, Texas, and Florida. And when I got JUCOs, all the JUCOs were in Kansas at the time. You know, you got, you know. Uh, That's right. He went junior college. Yep. He just started off. He brought in a bunch of junior college guys and sprinkled in with us. And it just changed the whole attitude. I mean, you cannot. It used to be that you, you recruit from your state. There are no real ball players in the state no. of Kansas. Half the sit, half the Kansas man plays with plays eight man and six man football. They don't have enough people to fill the roster, so they play eight and six man football. So you're not gonna find that much talent. You know what I'm saying? Uh, from from no, you got to go to Iowa, Illinois, Ohio, places like Pennsylvania. No, not even that. You got to go down south, man. You got to get yeah. the kids from Florida, right. Texas, Louisiana, California, Louisiana. Yeah, you gotta you gotta recruit that those teams that are in the SEC. And that's where, you know, the overflow of those players, you got to come in and see if you can pick a couple off the tree. Yep. And once you started recruiting those areas, man, you know, it, it just turned the program around. The whole attitude changed, man, on how you looked at uh, Kansas State. My last two or three years, man, we won 10 games, man. You know, I can remember I got there. We won five. We went five and six. And people act like we won the Super Bowl around. I'm like, we suck. You know what I'm saying? We won five yeah. and six. What are y'all happy for? You know what I mean? I'm pissed off. I'm, you know, well, I'm registered, he, but I'm pissed off. He turned that thing around. I, I remember voting for. I was like, man, of course, Bill's, Bill's, he's got my vote, man, for you. Because I remember the Kansas Not. State people called me, and I was like, are you kidding me, Bill Snyder? This guy put that program on the map, man. And then when he left, it sucked. Yep. And he had to come back, <laughs> and he, you know, he he put it back on the map again. And here's stories that you tell me about him. I'm so oh, happy dude. that I did vote for him. Before I get it back into the Eagles, sir, Barrett, I saw the uh, press conference, and I thought it was the biggest joke I've ever seen in my life on Friday for Deshaun Watson, and I felt bad for him. I'm going to tell you why. Well, hold on. So before you start that, let me tell you something, man. My brother, the traitor that's on this, um, on, 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 you know, Philip, that's on the stream, yeah, is a huge Cleveland Browns fan. I'm talking about huge. Well, if he's a huge Cleveland Browns fan in the break, I'm going to get some items here for him. And I'm going to send him to Xander because I got some stuff in cellophane. The equipment manager is my boy. Uh, and you tell me if you want to. I'll give him a sweatsuit. Oh, no, wait. Is he Barrett size? Yes. He's just short. Oh, yeah. Well, hang on. I'm going to have to order <laughs> something up for you here. Okay. I'm going to have to order. Because if, if you're like big sills, man, I mean – Xander asked me, he goes, hey, I'm going to get some shirts. What are we looking at here? I go, well, Big Sills ain't a half a sandwich, guys, so you better <laughs> drop four X's on that bitch, all right? I remember, my, I remember my college roommate, man. He was going to the NFL, and we came in together, Andre Coleman. We came in together, and he was getting drafted. So he 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 didn't redshirt. He played immediately that year. And I was like, no, nah, I'm redshirt. I, I, was, I wasn't strong enough to play. So, he, you know, he's leaving. He gets drafted in the third round. He gets drafted in the third round. Hang on, he keep talking. I can hear you. I got to hear you. Yeah. So he takes us to this. Uh, he takes us to um, um, what is that hoagie place? Um, oh my goodness, the um, dag on it with the footlongs, the the hoagie place. Who did you get footlongs? Five dollar footlongs. Oh, um, Subway. Subway. So he takes us to Subway. He takes all our fraternity brothers to Subway. We go to Subway, 
and everybody's getting these half um those six inch subs. I get up there and I order a a, a foot long. I'm like, yo, he's like, oh, see, man, you ruined it for everybody, man. I got everybody saying you gonna get you a foot long. I was like, dude, shut up and pay for it, bro. Not trying to hear that, man. Just shut up and pay for it. He was mad, dog, because I got a foot long instead of getting a um a, a six inch hoagie. What I'm gonna do with a six inch hoagie, bro? You know what I'm saying? He was actually mad. I said, Andre, if you don't come and and, and and pay for this stuff, man. And he was he was actually he was actually you know driving a BMW drop top, and he's complaining over a, a, an extra six inches. Come on, man. Give me okay. give me my subway. Hold on here now. All this stuff I haven't worn yet too. So here's the Browns. See, by the way, this is all from the this is all from the NFL. Oh, here we go. <laughs> this is a Cleveland Browns top. It's a 3X, too. Uh, he'll, fit, he'll better fit it. <laughs> um, I have some brown short. Look at this, man. I haven't even opened this up yet. Hold on here. If it's free, as me. These are some brown shorts, too. Bert, you know the stuff we used to get in our lockers? They just throw right. all the shit in there? Yep, yep, yep. So that's what this is here. Hold on. I got some. Oh, this is Kane stuff here. See, I got I to gotta, um, make a phone call to the Eagles, man. I, I got to replenish my um, my stuff. Oh, see, these shorts, I haven't worn these brown shorts. See, these brown shorts? Well, I, I wouldn't wear them either, bro, if I was you. Yeah, well, <laughs> at least these ain't nut huggers. <laughs> I'm not going to wear no brown stuff, even when I was playing with the Steelers. I'm playing. So, with what gear do you wear? Uh, I only wear Hurricane and Buck gear. I wear I wear Kansas State gear. Um, I have to wear Eagles gear every once in a while, and every once in a while I wear Steelers. Everything else, man, I don't, I don't, I don't have anymore. I gotta make some phone. You know, I gotta make some phone calls. Yeah, you there. know what? I'm. You 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 are the worst. <laughs> right, man. I just make some man, phone calls. You know more people than me. <laughs> I don't do it, man. I don't call that much. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know oh, what it is. Oh, that's your ego, dog. It is. It is. Okay. I mean, why not? Because you don't want to owe anybody. Right. <laughs> me, I look at these people and they make me money. <laughs> when I get somebody on, they make me money. Here, right. let me get into the, speaking of the Browns, okay. Tell your brother all good. By the way, I'm only doing it because I actually like your mother. There you go. And I know she's a different person now. Hey, Philip, Barrett tells me she's trying to get to heaven, but you know what, man? Hey, man, all good. I like my wife's doing the same thing. She's all kind now. She's she's teaching like young kids. I'm like, well, that ain't the same chick that talks to me every night. Bro, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, man. Even you know, like she, you know, she's a grandmother now. You know, like my brother here's talking about Skylar. That's his daughter, man. That's that's my heart there, man. My niece, that's my heart, man. She said, Oh, don't worry, Philip. I got you. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what, I'm gonna bring it with me. To, there you uh, go. The draft, and I'm gonna give it to Barrett. All right, there you go. Appreciate it, man. I'll get it to him. I, I'm not even gonna burn any holes in it. <laughs> really, he's a Steeler, dude. I'm gonna give a Steeler uh, Browns gear. Okay. That's, see, that's horrible, man. That's horrible. My brother puts me. <laughs> you know, what Barrett. Wait a minute. I got some Cowboy stuff for you too, man. Nah, Make sure you <laughs> don't even bring that. Don't even bring that. <laughs> All right, dude. Here, before I get back into the Eagles, here, let me tell you this. So I watched this press conference on Friday, and I felt like this. Why in the world is Deshaun Watson apologizing to the Cleveland media for something that he was exonerated for? Dude, I owe you nothing. 
accept good football and being a good dude. He said, I have never assaulted or abused a woman in my life, but yet that's not good enough any longer for this man. I have never from day one believed it. And someone goes, what about all the actors? I don't give a shit until you prove to me that this man did something wrong and he's criminally charged. I take the high road with every human being and give this man the benefit of the doubt. I have no problem with Deshaun Watson until proven otherwise. I come from that place. You know, Barrett, how you say you come from a place where the glass is half full? I come from the place in this country where everybody's innocent until proven guilty, and you're not proven guilty in the court of public opinion, and you have to earn your name back and your respect back. Sorry, that's not how I look at human beings. Someone tells me this guy's an asshole. That, I don't take it verbatim because you said it. He's an asshole. I find out whether or not you're an asshole. I, I judge you on your own content and your own character and how I see you, not how that guy sees you. And I loathe people who cast a stone on somebody and that sits as the narrative. Prove it to me. You can't prove it. Well, Dan, there were 20. Hey, and 22 people. Why don't you take it this way? 22 people couldn't prove anything? <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. Don't make sense about it, man. You How about this? The, the attorney general and the district attorney couldn't prove anything? Nothing. Not even misconduct. Nothing was said. Nothing. They couldn't prove anything. Two grand juries couldn't indict, did, said didn't have any evidence. Well, you know, they didn't have enough. Some, that's you adding that into that narrative. That's not what they said. And so I'm watching that press conference and I'm going, snowflake, scumbag media people making him get up there and grovel like that when he was innocent makes me really like, Dude, we're in a different place in our country today. Well, I really have a problem with people. You don't know this guy from a can of paint. All you know is what you read about it. And also, you know what I know about hear, it? You would hear. It he was was you would have to hear. You would hear. I would think that I would hear from these women, you know, leaking out something. I, I haven't heard anything. By the way, I found out, Barrett, he has not paid one dime. What? He has not paid one dime. He said, I'm not doing that because that's a sign of guilt. I am. He has not settled one case with money. Are you kidding me? Not one. So how did all these twenty-two women? I mean, and these were like repeat offenders too. Like these, they were offended different times too, like multiple times. Why do you keep coming back? You know, if, if that's the case, I don't know. Because man. you're you're a lawyer. Who, in my opinion, I'm, you know what, don't, I just don't know how, the day he said he wanted out of Houston, seven days later, there were 22 accusations against him. And I'm like, well, where were those 22 accusations when he signed that $180 million extension? (laughs) I don't know. With the Texans and Bob McNair's family. Okay. Didn't you do your due diligence there? Or did you just think it was cool to, Give him $180 million. 
Dude, they didn't. The Browns truly, they had to to get him in Cleveland. The only thing I didn't like about the press conference was, come on, man, the two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed was totally why you went to Cleveland, man. Yeah, you could don't don't come don't, on, man. You're gonna act like oh, oh, you know, that had nothing to do with the decision. No, <laughs> bro, it was the decision to make it. I heard that he was already, you know, had his bags packed and to go back home to to Atlanta. That's what I heard. But you know, you hear things all the time. No, I I I, I think the only reason, hey. I think Cleveland bought themselves a quarterback because both parties, think about it, both parties were served. Deshaun got more money, and the Texans got their first-round picks. Everyone's, even though it's more extended out than what the Eagles could have did. And by the way, I saw Shannon Sharp. I don't know if Shannon's making it up. This is not me. But Shannon Sharp says that the Eagles were one of the teams that were also in the conversation for Deshaun Watson. Bayless didn't believe it, but Shannon's a pretty plugged-in guy. I told you for a fact they were. Here's here And here, know this. Shannon is really tight friends with Arthur Blank. Yep. Because he lives in Atlanta, too. He's got a place in Atlanta. And I know he's close with Arthur Blank. Probably had conversations. I think we're getting Deshaun and there's other teams and probably – that's how um, Shannon heard that the Eagles were in the conversation. Anybody in their right mind would have known that the Eagles were in the room, at least. I don't know where they were in the pecking order, but they were in the room just because of the draft choices and the assets they had to give to the Texans. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. I, I mean, I don't know. How, how, how did you see that press conference? I, I He should have just kept it to himself about, you know, it, money was not a factor. Nobody asked you to say that. Say, I'm happy to be here. No need to talk about the money because we all know the money. To say anything different, you, you, you made yourself a liar. That guaranteed $230 million that you're going to see every penny of is why you went. It had nothing to do with the team. It could have been, been Little Sisters of the Poor that played in the Arctic Circle. If they'd have gave you $230 million, you'd have been up there playing. You know what I'm saying? You'd have been playing with the Toronto Argonauts if they gave you $230 million. I know I would. So come on, man. Make a lot on yourself. You ain't got a lot of everybody. You know what I'm saying? The best thing you do in a press conference like that is say as little as you can. Right. (laughs) Because you can't win. Because you're going to have snowflake people going, well, Deshaun, um, Mary Kay Cabot going, with Deshaun – uh, what do you say to the women in the um, in the community of Cleveland? I would have went, better get ready. <laughs> I mean, what did, what did you want? What did you want him to say? That right? I know right. what you wanted. You made him grovel for no reason. I mean, it was really. I mean, you're 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 you're. He was cleared. And that wasn't good enough for Mary Kay Cabot. But she, she had to go knee deep into it. Like he was found guilty, and the and guess what the Brown media wanted him to do too. You didn't talk to any of the so-called uh, victims. They're not victims. They're accusers. They're not victims. They're accusers when you've been cleared. Okay, they're accusers, not victims. Court of law said federal. I mean, a grand jury said they're not victims. They are accusers. 
that whole thing was victims. And I was like, they're not victims. They're accusers. Grand jury says that. Twice. See the little words you use? Twice. To change narrative? It was two grand juries, right? Yeah, two. And he got cleared of during the afternoon show when I was doing it. Uh, uh, Xander said he got cleared. So it's interesting when you hear people go like this, um, victims, because they're not victims. They're not. It's wording. It's lawyer wording on how you keep a narrative going. No, you're an accuser. Grand jury says you're not a victim. Okay, so I was watching that, and I'm going, he, he doesn't have to do anything. He just do, but when he keeps open, see the Browns making a big deal out of it, Barrett. I didn't think it was a good thing. I think he should have no. went up there, an introduction, press conference, got in and out, kept those things down to a minimum. You know how they can control the narrative, these NFL teams. They wanted to be somewhat transparent. It didn't, didn't come off good. You know, it was – Man, that's probably not a good way to start your tenor in uh, in Cleveland. I think he's going to be a phenomenal p- football player there. But well, that he is. He is a phenomenal football player. That has nothing to do with um, you know, how they should have conducted this. This is like Nick Sirianni his first co- press conference. From his first press conference, everybody thought that he was going to be you know uh, a terrible coach. Ended up being a pretty good coach. He did the same thing that happened with um with Doug. Doug tripped over his feet all day at the press conference. It didn't get better until like his third year in holding press conferences. But you don't really pay him to be good in front of the media. I know some of the best guys in front of me, like James Franklin, uh, uh, Penn State's coach. He's great in front of the media, but he sucks as a coach. He's a great recruiter. He got to let his guys that, you know, coach, coach. You know, hey, Barrett, best, you got to know his limitations. I can't believe that you just said that about James Franklin. Very astute. Hey, do me a favor, Xander. Give me the last three years record of James Franklin at Penn State. I think you'll be shocked. He gets a raise to right. $10 million a year. <laughs> Barrett, I think the dude, I think the dude's a couple games over um, 500. I mean, yeah. I don't know how in the last three years. James Franklin got a contract extension that pays that guy $10 million a year. Because you know the guy? It was the perfect storm. A perfect storm. How they did it was, you know, I mean, look at all those coaches that were either on a hot seat or moving places. You know, Oklahoma's coach, USC, uh, Michigan. All those guys were, you know, talking about leaving. You know, uh, Notre Dame's coach. All these guys are leaving, and he, he, he parlayed it into a, and a, a contract extension because Look the at this. he was leaving, going to these other places. So they feel obligated to give him a contract. Look at this here from tw- the last two years, James Franklin is 11 and 11. And he got a contract extension off of that 19 season. Think of that for a minute. This guy's 11 and 11 at Penn state. And he got $10 million. <laughs> well, dude, Ed Ogeron won a national championship three years ago and was 50 and 19, and he got fired because he loved chasing skirts in Baton Rouge. Yes. 
<laughs> My boy loves chasing skirts, though, dog. <laughs> and I'm like, go, go, go. Hey, come on, Big Sills. You know me, man. I, you know, I love them all here, man. You know, you know what? Hey, hey, all off. Hey, one of the one of the stories is Ed shows up at a gas station. There's this really hot chick on a bike, and he's like, "Where you going, there, princess?" And she goes, I'm riding my bike, sir. And I guess he goes, well, you should ride that over to my house. Well, this turns out that it was like one of the white, one of the regent's wives. Oh. And Ed goes, she goes, I'm married. And Ed goes, well, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> the head coach of LSU, Jason Tail. Say they have a Kansas old coach. Oh, who? Kansas old coach. Uh, what's Not that name? big fat guy. No, no. You know, he was my offensive line coach. Dude, my... he was good. Kansas was good on Mangino. Maggio. Mangino, yeah. Mangino. Coach Mangino. In fact, Coach Mangino, he was a um, GA. My uh, my senior year, he came in with um, uh, coach, coach Latch, you know, John Latina had brought him in. And he was actually sleeping on Coach Latina's couch, and he was a GA. Trying to make it go through the ranks, man. He ended up being a really good coach. He was a uh, he was like the assistant officer line coach. They didn't they didn't like they didn't like how he looked. I thought, okay, he he he. They didn't like. I thought how he looked. What's happening? My fault. Hey man, what just happened? <laughs> hey, I wouldn't even touch anything. Don't ask me about button pushing, man. <laughs> but look, let me finish the story though. And, um, he was like sleeping on the couch, Coach Mangino. I can remember before. I mean, I, I know he was a, he was a pretty cool coach, real cool dude. But me and my other tackle, you know, we were both all Americans. We we're both, you know, what I'm saying seniors, and um, we had young interior guys. You know, our, our center and both guards were young guys, freshmen and sophomores. So he would come up. He said, you know, Coach would say, "Hey, go take um." Coach Dumbo said, "Go, go take uh." The, the tackles over there go do some drills. So he come over there, and I be standing like this. Me and my boy sitting right there. I put my helmet on backwards. I be sitting there like doing that. Like, come on, guys, let's work. Like, nah, Coach Mangino. We just call him Coach Bear. Coach Bear, look up. Nah, Coach. Coach Bear, I ain't doing nothing today. I'm done. I'm done. But all of a sudden, I look over the corner of my eye and I see uh, Snyder coming over. So Snyder's on his way walking over. And I took my helmet off, put my helmet on. I start working my drills out until Coach Snyder he looks and he's okay. Then he's working out now. Then he start walking away. Then I turn right back around, put my helmet on backwards like this. Guys, you're gonna get me fired. It's, it's all right, coach. We got you, coach. Don't worry about it, coach. Don't worry about it. You know what I'm saying? He was a good dude, man. But he, you know, at the time, we used to give him the business. You know, as a GA, we gave him the business. But ended up going to Oklahoma, become an officer coordinator. Yeah. But from that point on, man, it was, it was, it was. You know, he's one of the best coaches as far as you hey, know. Dude, office game I thought they it. dumped on him because of his weight. Oh, they did. But, but he, he was a great. Have you? I, I. Hey, dude, that Kansas program has never recovered. Nope. Since he left. Nope. They were winning ball games. They beat Oklahoma at one time. But see, he got kind of he got kind of above, you know what I'm saying? He wanted to think he was above the law. Like he could just do anything. You can't just do anything or talk to people any other kind of way. And I think he got a little bit too comfortable with being the head coach and having those type of decisions. You can't be an a-hole to everybody, bro. And, and I think oh. he wanted to do that and got a little, you know, big for his britches. So oh, that's so why he, he got started. He, I think he forgot that Kansas is a basketball school. Right, 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 right. You start <laughs> hey, reading all press clippings and stuff, you know. Yeah. You be, hey, you got to remember something here, man. We play basketball here. Football <laughs> is here because of basketball. Right. All right. 
<laughs> I got a problem with one thing with the Eagles here, and I'm going to tell you what that is here in a minute. Maybe it's not a problem because I know the front office probably likes it, but I'm wondering how the quarterback feels about it going into 2022. I'll tell you what that is. He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Dan Cilio, the middle back in three. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back to the middle, Fairbrook Stan Stilio. Oh, my Monday starting out spectacular. Looks like we're going to be landing Morgan and Morgan in the afternoon as an advertiser. Oh, oh. that's big time. Guys, so, four hundred million dollars in advertising around the country. Sills. Yeah, it's only taken me like a year and a half, and Joe banging on my head. Now again, okay, it's tentative, so. He's he I, I he he advertised with me in Tampa and Orlando for 15 years. John Morgan probably makes he's a billionaire. And he probably <laughs> I used to ask him when he first started, I go, how much you make? He goes, more than Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Shaq got his hands in everything, bro. Everything. You know, you do you know how he has he's taken the George Foreman model. And what he's done is he's got this company that comes in and these advertisers and these companies come into this like conglomerate that they have. And it's it's like Geico and some of these other things. And he sold his name for $250 million. So they pay this company this, and she, that's how Shaq makes money like that is through this company and all these companies. If you want Shaquille O'Neal to do live reads for you or this and that or do commercial spots, you have to advertise with this holding company. And that's how Shaq is made. Dude, Shaq's big money now. Shaq, Shaq is getting into the – Shaq's going to be a billionaire real soon if he's not already. Well, there's no question, man. I mean, Shaq understands, man. I mean, and he's, he's he, he helps he helps the little guy going up also. You know what I mean? So, and that's that's what makes him one of those guys that you know that will continue to be uh, successful, man. You do things the right way. You do things right by people. Then you know, usually, you know, you you get the right things handed to back at you also. Um, you know, he's one of those guys, man. Who was just smart from the beginning. And understand his brand means something. Like he owns Reebok now. That's crazy that he owns Reebok. That's crazy, really. <laughs> yeah, he owns Reebok. Jack owns Reebok. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because yeah, you know, I heard there was a story that, you know, he was with um, I'm a, I'm guessing it was Nike, I think, and he was with Nike, and this lady came up to him and goes, Man, why are you charging all these inner city kids? All this money for them sneakers, man. You know, she goes, and Shaq goes, I went in my pocket and I was going to give her money. She goes, I don't want your money. I want you to help these kids out. Shaq called his company and said, I'm out. I want to get shoes made for every kid. And I want them to be affordable for kids so that they can. I never got this, Barrett. These shoes by Nike and some of these other companies are made in a country where there's like 25 cents on a dollar and they turn around and sell them to inner city kids for $375. Right. Right. How's that American? How are you selling inner city kids, $375 pairs of shoes and you're getting made for 25 million and non Americans are making them and you're making them overseas. 98% of all wear from Nike is made overseas in Hong Kong and in Asia. And we have no jobs here. Think about that, man. Less than 12% of that wear is made in America. And we're selling them to inner city kids for $300 a pop for them them Jordans. I never got that, man. I think it's the most un-American thing you could possibly have, those shoe companies. Then they turn around and tell everyone that America sucks. I don't know. I just... It's just like, uh, what's, what's the guy that did? Also guy, uh, first rounder. Uh, where do you play? I think he... Oh my goodness! Where did he play? He had his own brand of shoes, you know, and he sold. He sold. It wouldn't be over forty bucks or something like that. I forget what his name was, man. Uh, played guard. Then he went over to um, Japan and China and played for a long time. What was his name? Marbury. Marbury. Oh, uh, Stefan Marbury. Yeah, Stefan Marbury had his own shoes. He did the same thing. You know, you 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 go out. And, you know, you make shoes affordable because I mean, these kids all they all they see is. You know the glitz and the, you know the glamour and, and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? They can't even afford it, man. You know it just puts things in the wrong perspective, really. Shaq has yeah. sold over 400 million pairs of Shaq shoes in Walmart. Yeah, exactly. Dude, that's that's spectacular. Yeah, that's 
You know, this is one of the reasons why I like Steph Curry so much. I mean, I mean, Steph Curry's shoes, man, they look like they belong on a nurse in a hospital. They're <laughs> terrible, but they're affordable. Right, 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 they're right. affordable for kids to buy, and Steph wears them shoes, and I'm like, man, all these big-time shoe companies, $375 in. Man, you, you, you sell them the itty city kids, man. That's not American to me anyway. Let me. I had a Nike contract, bro. And I, I can remember each year they re upped me. It was like $15,000. And this is before Nike was cool to my kids. And I can remember I used to, you know, go to New York and I go to the, uh, the Nike store in New York and I buy all my kids all this Nike stuff, man. And, you know, and, and, and they would not wear it. I mean, it'd sit there and, and it'd be still in boxes. They would not wear it because it wasn't fashionable to wear it that when they were growing up now they can't get enough Nike. They go out and buy the, the Jordans for, you know, 250 bucks. And I, I, they had, you know, all kind of shoes like that. I, I donated them, you know, that's how much stuff they had, man. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, look at it now, now they're going out and buy. I said, remember that time when I got you guys all that Nike stuff? She said, dad, if I'd have known then what I know now, <laughs> dude, I mean, like I said, I, I, I get these boxes sent to me, you know, Hey, so get this, man. I had this real, I mean, Bob Wolf, this was God forbid. And Randy Fataha were my agents back in the day. And so they go, Hey, we got a new shoe for you. I'm like, okay, it's called Mizuno. I went Mizuno. Mizuno's got, Mizuno's got football cleats. Oh, they're a brand new band. They're all coming. I went like this. All right, man. I mean, Hey, and they want to give you 7,000 bucks to wear them. I'm like, add all the gear you need. All right, man. So, dude, if you thought big ballers sucked, holy <laughs> dude, I had an alligator shoe after about two games. Look at Barrett. Here's my my the front the top was coming off the cleat like this. And I'm going like, no, 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 no. So what I started doing was I was putting tape over. My shoe and I was drawing the Mizuno thing. I had, I had an equipment guy. I was at, I go just put just draw that thing on there, man. Those shoes were the worst, and I had them for like three years, man. No, the and worst shoe would, ever. I'd have somebody draw that on because they were the worst I ever had, man. Bro, the worst shoes ever. I can remember Coach Schneider at the time. Coach Schneider, he wasn't with Nike, Reebok, or anybody. Coach Schneider went out and um, he would buy these cheap shoes. They were called Apex. Yeah. I'd wear them one half, man, and by the third quarter, you're right, man. I had slid past and the bottoms were off of them. I had to go get another pair of me. These were the worst shoes ever. But he said, no, I don't want to be tied into a shoe. I'm like, Coach, these shoes fall apart from me walking to the park, man. You know, I can't wear these shoes, man. They hurt my feet and everything else. You know what I'm saying? But it was the worst, man. Apex was the worst shoes ever created for football, man. But they were in black, you know, and everybody wanted black ones. But you know, they just sucked. I mean, sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so I would, I would, I would have the Miami equipment guys send them up because Kane's orange and the Bucks orange, they were the same. I said, Nah, man, you got to send me some of them sharks up, dude. Just send me some of them sharks. You know them sharks in plastic ones. Yep. Under, you know you wearing. Them. I said, send me them sharks, man. I go. Hey, I thought you had a contract with Mizuno. I go, I do. Just send them. <laughs> and these things, man, they were just the worst. I mean, dude, flapping in the wind. I'm running. Like I was like, like, like I was Charlie Chaplin. Hey, I'm just walking with, I like the tramp with these shoes, man. I mean, it looked dopey. 
Stupid. That's what it was, man. I mean, back in the day, boy. Back in the day. These, hey, everything now, man. Absolutely awesome. Okay. Well, because, hey, everyone is all on Jalen here, and we're all in on Jalen. <laughs> Go, Jalen. How come the backup quarterback makes more? That's that's interesting. Makes man. a million more. That's interesting. Here, Gardner Mitchell, 2.5. Jalen Hurts, 1.6. And that's not that's not the only thing, man. Look, same thing with the running back position. Boston Scott makes a million dollars more than um the starter. Sanders makes one seven. Boston Scott makes what two point one or something like that. <laughs> Damn. I mean yeah. <laughs> how can you be all in on Jalen when he makes less than Zach Pascal? Oh. Uh. This guy makes the same salary as Zach Pascal. It's that rookie contract, man. Rookie contract. Oh, wait, I thought he did enough this right. last year. Wait, I thought I thought Howie, like you told me, was on them prove it deals. Did he prove it? He's on that rookie deal, man. That's how you win championships with the rookie deal. Oh, so the only guy in the huddle that suffers on the rookie deal is, is the, the quarterback. quarterback. Right. <laughs> but the backups on the team can make more. The backup running back makes more than the starter, and the backup quarterback makes more than the starter. But that's been the history of, of the Eagles since um, since five left. You know what I mean? Since five left, like um, you when you look at you know past quarterbacks, Vic made less than than um, the backup. Um, even even Carson Carson made more. Carson made less than Chase Daniels when he was here. I I'm, I understand. I, I but I am being told from the combines that he's the guy. guy. Mm hmm. You gave Carson Wentz a contract when he was on a rookie deal. Yep. I'm going by precedent of how the Eagles have acted with Carson Wentz. Third year. Wentz. Third Carson year. Wentz came in, had a good season, Barrett. They gave him a brand new, shiny, brand new contract. This guy comes in and is a Pro Bowl alternate, takes the team to the playoffs, and the Eagles don't feel. How about this? We're going to make sure you make more than – at least the backup quarterback here. We'll pay you three. We'll just give you when Brady won the Super Bowl, the Patriots upped it. They they well, went off that six round contract. They gave Brady um another million dollars just because it was the right thing to do. I mean, if this guy has done everything right, why aren't the Eagles doing what's right? I I I <laughs> you want me to, you know. Say something like, you know, no, I don't know. No, I'm not, I can't say anything, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to bait you into nothing here. I'm just asking because, again, Cilio with these bad takes. Drew, what's bad about having the backup quarterback making more money than the starting quarterback who made it as a Pro Bowl alternate? And you keep telling everybody in the building you're 100% behind him. Barrett's been telling me for three weeks that Howie is a prove it guy. Well, Jesus criminy, he's proven more than what almost Carson Wentz proved. Where's his bump in salary? I'll, yeah, well, that might be the case. Is he eligible for it? Can he do that? I, I don't know. I don't know what the rules are with that. 
um, with quarterbacks and, you know, and, and you know. You can't restructure rookie straight. quarterback contracts? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, well, I know this. You can restructure running back contracts, can't you? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Well, the backup makes more there, too. Right, right. I mean, Barrett, all in all, all kidding aside here, this is a pretty cheap offense. <laughs> I mean, let's look at it here. The quarterback makes 1.6. And this, with six guys in the Eagle backfield, you're at around $14 million. Yep. The wide receiver for the the wide receiver for the Dolphins makes $25 million. Yep. He makes more than the entire offensive backfield for the Cleveland or for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. You expect to win what with that kind of frugalness? You look at um I I, I think at this point Howie Roseman and the head coach, I really did think they believe in their offense right now. I, I really do think that they say you're right, right because their their salaries dictate that, Barrett. I mean, it's not like they don't have the money to spend. They They're have 30 the under the cap. So why aren't they? I think they truly believe that you know they're good with what they have. Okay. Let's be fair to this because you'd probably think I'm hating on it. Name me another team that's got a fifteen um that's got a fifteen million dollar backfield. Let's think about that. Um one thing. The Jets. Yes. Right. The, Jets. the Giants. No, Barkley's well, that'd probably be the they're probably playing Barkley the money that would be the equivalent of what Devontae Smith is making. So probably the Giants. The Texans. The Texans. You um, notice I'm naming all loser teams. Right, right. Um, Jacksonville. Okay. Wow. Chicago. We're really at the bottom end here now. Yeah, Chicago. Uh, right, you got rid of Allen Robinson. So, yeah, they don't have any money right there tied up anywhere. Panthers? No, Christian oh, McCaffrey. Yeah, he's, he's making money. Back. Yep, he's making a little money. And I thought about him like second th team I thought about. Uh, I mean, no, not Tennessee now because Ryan Tannehill makes thirty-two million dollars, and they just re-upped the deal with um with the running back also, Henry. Yep, Henry just re-upped his deal. Seattle. Hmm. Mm, yeah, Seattle. Seattle. They don't have anybody. Only they don't have anybody on offense. Jeff. Well, that's it. Okay. So that's look it. at the teams we've named. All teams that are in the bottom end of the NFL. Yep. And the only reason that the Eagles get out of this is because they're in the NFC East. But, Dan, look at this also. All the teams that are competitive, that you would say are the upper echelon teams in the NFC or in the NFL period are all teams that paid their quarterbacks, that have paid their quarterbacks. You look at uh, the Rams, uh, Kansas City, Buffalo. Um, Cincinnati is the only outlier with that, but, you know, his second – this will be his Packers third year. doing a deal, had to get rid of Adams. Yep. Yep. So, you know, Packers, 
the Raiders. I think that ch- ch- you know the Chargers are an outlier because they're, it's a rookie deal. Yeah, it's a rookie deal, so they're an outlier. Um, those are the upper echelon teams. I mean, you got to pay quarterbacks, man. That's that's how you win. You got to pay quarterbacks these days to keep a quarterback in the fold, man. And they just, I mean, fair market value for them is it's just ridiculous these days. See, here's here's what everyone wanted in Philly, and I'm going to tell you why. It's a little frustrating. Tua Tuckaviola and Jalen, if you want to put them on the same diving board, I don't have a problem with that. But at least they went out, got Jalen Waddle, and they went out and got Tyree Kill. And what they did was they used that rookie contract. Mm-hmm. They are using the rookie contract. The Eagles are using the rookie contract against him. Yep. Because there's no. Like Barrett, man, in this league, you got to pay for top flight talent, and you got to play pay for people that move the sticks. You got to pay for you. You essentially have to pay for a Super Bowl. Yes, the Rams. If you want to be the United States today, you got to be a billionaire. You can't yep. just be a dude any longer. Yep, it's not public service any longer. Nope. It's the land of the rich now. All those people in Washington, you don't have any money. You ain't coming in as a as a councilman running for mayor, if you ain't got any ducks in your pocket, that's not happening. And if you don't have money on your roster right now, guess what? And you're not smart with how you spread it around, you, you're you're not going to be consistent. Here's what the Eagles are going to be with this philosophy. You tell me I'm wrong, I'll take it. Because the way the schedule goes, you're going to see this. Hard yep. schedule this year, they're going to be down a little bit, Mark. Next year, easier schedule, they're going to have that fool's gold again. That's how the NFL keeps the fan bases engaged, Barrett, because the league's smart. You suck, you get the top picks, and you get the worst schedules. Keeps going like this, okay? Now you're a playoff team. Now you got to play a little bit better teams. You're lucky you didn't win the division, or you'd have to play even tougher with a one-dimensional offense. What I'm trying to get the Eagle fans to understand what they're doing in Miami is exactly what should be being done in Philadelphia, and it's not. At least on you know one side of the field, at least you know you mean they're they're making sure that they're giving Tua every opportunity to be successful on a rookie year on a rookie deal. Yep. This is not Dak Prescott's forty-two million dollars here. This is they looked at here. Even even the Chargers are working that rookie deal by putting more players around Yep, Justin Herbert. You have a window to build your offense up, is my point in Philly. How come Howie's not using that rookie contract window to improve the offense that he needs to improve? Man, the NFC East is for the taking. And you're, you're giving me – here – $4.5 million for Smith, $937 for Watkins. Pascal, one five, Goddard, three seven, and Sanders, one seven, and a quarterback, one six. Bro, that's not, that's not moving the sticks in a positive direction to help Jalen with more talent around him. If we keep telling everyone we need more talent around him, that ain't necessarily rookie talent. Right, right, right. Right now, I think they've failed um, the offseason. 
They filled the offseason. Now, it's only because of you're talking about money being paid. They're, they're, they're losing that battle, but they're also losing as far as being timely with their signings. Because they waited so long, they don't have the upper echelon talent to take you to the next level. You know, these are all guys now that are not signed back because the team doesn't want them. The upper echelon guys, they left, they were already signed because they wanted to leave. You know, they're, they're, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, even if you look at uh, free agent, when you look at the free agent uh, wide receivers, are you got Julio Jones, Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller, Ty T.Y. Hilton, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, the level of, of, of consistency is there, but the star power is not there. The explosiveness is not there like it was. Those first three guys are explosive. Five guys, four guys are explosive. After that, you got average guys. You know, Emmanuel Samuels, he's he's explosive, but, you know, he didn't do anything really for, for, for Buffalo. Cole Beasley, slot receiver, he would just keep the chains moving. T.Y. Hilton, he's not as explosive as he used to be. He's 32 years old. Will Fuller, he can't, you know, make the club because he's always in the tub. You know, he's explosive. He can run, but he hasn't done anything effectively to move that franchise, Miami, in the direction that they think they want to keep him. Jarvis, Jarvis Landry, he's still at work, man. But, I mean, he's 29 years old. He's still kind of young yet. But he wants a mint to bring in, you know, to bring him in. And if you're not going to pay him, he's not going to entertain a team like Philly. Julio Jones, he's on the backstage. He's on the back nine right now. Can he still be – he'll be a starter in Philly? Yes, he will be a starter in Philly. Will he choose to come here? No, because he wants a ring. So, I mean, he's ring chasing right now. How about Jones signs with Kansas City a one-year deal? Thousand-yard rusher with the Bucks is now in Kansas City. I mean, that would have been a nice sign. Yeah. <laughs> okay? You put him along with Sanders, get a nice little tandem back there in the backfield. Absolutely. Not interested. I mean, all these, all these teams – um, assign these quality guys, bring them in, talk to them. I don't know, man. I just, like, like I said, I mean, hey, watch this. Team may go out and go 12 wins. I'm the biggest, I, 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 I just, you get what you pay for. Well, that's it. You get what you pay for. You know, you, you want to go out there, you get a cheap product. You're going to get, you know, cheap as far as, you know, your, your ability to go out there and maintain you're going to get an average offense because you paid for average talent. Well, here, here, Barrett, I will let me let me let me give Howie some credit here on this though. You know, Jimmy Johnson used to always tell me it's not about building the top one percent of your roster; it's about building the bottom one percent of your roster. Um, you got to. I'm looking to replace the 53rd guy on the roster, not really the number one guy on the roster every year because you're only as strong as the weakest link that's on your team. How he is trying to build a football team that also is going to be able to win the war of attrition later in the year, a stronger roster. That's what happened with the Eagles. Like the guy you signed in uh, Los Angeles with the Chargers. You bring him in. Not a superstar player, but a solid player. So it's not all wrong. It's just not elite. Right. Am I right right what I'm saying that? I mean, if I'm wrong, tell me. No, because – when you have uh, those guys in the middle of the pack become superstars on your roster, then you become a team that, you know, is building in the right direction. But you build that through the draft. When you get those people to sprout during the time they need to sprout, you're not paying them what you would pay a free agent to come in here. 
I don't think the Eagles have done enough in free. I mean, uh, enough in in draft to have those guys start um, flowering at the right time. They aren't developing at the right time because there's not enough of them there. Most guys on their roster that were drafted are gone. They're just now starting to get guys that you know that are that are starting to you know flourish. You know the Goddards, uh, the Maladas. You know guys like that. Now they're turning the corner, becoming superstars. Most of these teams built through the draft are now reaping the benefits of it. Like Dallas, Dallas reaped the benefits last year because those are guys that they drafted who became good players, like Diggs, Van Der Esch. You know what I'm saying? We all know Michael Parsons is rookie year, but I'm just saying that's that's how they develop. You've got to be able to draft better in order, to, you know, to be competitive. You look at Washington football team; their defense is starting to, you know really become good because all those guys are drafted are starting to flourish now. It's not the free agent guys that are doing well. It's the guys they drafted that have turned the corner and become superstars. You see what he did there, flowering, a Sirianni reference. <laughs> That's the way to end the program there like that. A little bit later on in the afternoon on the afternoon show, National Football Show, I'm going to bang all these numbers off of Gary Cobb as well, and we'll talk to him and get his spin on this. Till tomorrow, Barrett, I loved how you ended it, Manny. I mean – Flowering, Sirianni. Got to water them, baby. Got to water them. <laughs> to all the Brookses that joined the show, we thank you so much, Barrett. I'll catch you tomorrow, my brother, and we'll see you on the flip side. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of Life. First Trust Bank is there for you.
Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.